Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. I'm Carlos Pacheco. And I'm Tom Martin. And we're two grizzled YouTube industry veterans with billions of views behind behind us, between us. (laughs) And in front of us. And in front of us. And uh, we're here to give you our two cents on the business of YouTube so you can make more dollars. News, strategy, insights, and just a little bit of like smartassness and snark. My turn to say this, Tom. What's the word on the street? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, I'm, I'm going to correct you on that one because when this episode will be out, it'll be a bit beginning to look a lot like after Christmas. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we're in the we're in the past and the future at the same time. Um, exactly. Well, um, in that case, I've just eaten uh, enough to get me into the All Star UK eating team. Um, the heaviest I've ever <laughs> been, hungover, way behind on my work, uh, empty bank balance, and uh, my recycling bin is full of wrapping paper and finished cards. How's that? And I would expect your credit card bill is going to be due in about a week. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the house is going to be foreclosed the week after. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. By this time, I should be all uh, done with my the whole family stuff and like looking forward to a few days of like post-holidays rest pre-New Year's. Uh, speaking of New Year's, as we close up our first year of doing this podcast, congratulations, Tom. Can we have a, a little golf clap for that, please? <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, we're finishing our first year of doing the VIP. I would say it's it's been a learning experience because, you know, I've been doing two podcasts for the past two years. And we basically started VIP almost at the same time as I started my other podcast with my wife. You know, I would say the first six months uh, are sort of rocking and rolling in terms of you learning the ropes. But things are starting to get streamlined a bit, and we're sort of getting our vibe, I guess. Yeah, I, I think we're uh, we we definitely deserve some critics. I think that the statistic is something along the lines of most podcasts never get past episode six, mm-hmm. uh, and we've been going for a year now. We've had some great guests. Uh, we've spoken about some evergreen stuff. We've kind of broken some, uh, broken down some kind of breaking news. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm really, really proud of what we've done so far. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the year to come cause I know we're going to go even stronger and even harder, uh, for the podcast this year. So please let us know at video insiders on all the socials or hello at videoinsiders.fm. If you've got any subjects that you want us to tackle or anyone in the industry, uh, or any creators that you'd like us to interview for the podcast, we'd love to hear your requests <laughs> so obviously the title of this podcast is going to be somewhere around the lines of like recapping 2019 our predictions you know what happened to our predictions for 2019 and what's going to happen for 2020 or what we think is going to happen for 2020 but before we get started i want to send out a big thank you to our friends at TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow on YouTube, allowing for more time to make more great content. For brands to help reduce their busy work and focus on what matters, growing your business on YouTube. For agencies to manage multiple clients and for networks to give 
partners the tools for success and an attractive incentive for recruitment. Tom, do we have a special offer? Yes. If for some reason in 2019 you weren't using TubeBuddy, then get 2020 off to a big banging start by visiting Video Insiders fm forward slash tubebuddy where you can get an exclusive video insiders discount that's video insiders.fm forward slash tubebuddy thank you and a happy new year to our friends at tubebuddy happy new year tubebuddy now let's get started on what we're going to discuss today which first step the year 2019 turned out to be quite a banger year in terms of news drama anything, everything that happened around YouTube. And one of the things that, you know, as I went through, uh, as we went through what happened in 2019, we looked at, you know, our predictions, I realized that we need to sort of separate things in terms of the way we talk, the way we address what's happening on a platform. The way we look at a platform is we try to stay away from the drama, uh, the creator drama that's essentially made to drive views from from my perspective you know anything when it comes to beefs between you youtubers and all that sort of stuff and there were a lot and um we tried to stay away from that and sort of like paid attention more to what happened to the platform the changes and all that sort of stuff but before we get too deep into that um we'll what i'll do is when i we release this podcast i'll put a list of everything we find notable that happened throughout the year and there's almost two to three things a month uh, there are certain months where there's like almost half a dozen you know things and then the way we're going to do this episode is we're going to look back at our predictions for 2019 what happened to them and then talk about our predictions for 2020 uh, tom what was your big prediction for 2020 19. Well, my big prediction for 2019 was the demise of large-scale user-generated content. And when I'm talking about user-generated content, I'm not talking about uh, people's, you know, homemade videos, viral videos. I'm talking about people at home uploading kind of pirated TV and movie content, like full episodes, uh, and companies making a uh, crap ton of money off of that. Uh, I saw that as a trend in demise at the end of, of 2018, as YouTube kind of pushed towards more official content. I think that had probably a, a lot to do with kind of preparing for what was expected to come with Article 13, which kind of hasn't really happened yet. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say, you know, if we were going to give these kind of predictions uh, a rating of one to five stars, uh, it's hard for me to say exactly because I'm kind of out of running big TV channels at the moment. I'd say generally from whispers and what I, what I saw um, at the start of the year, I'd probably give myself like a four out of five for this. Um, Carlos, you've, you've still got a bit more hand in the kind of TV content and uh, rights protection world. Uh, what would you say uh, as to the accuracy of that prediction? Yeah, I think uh, it's when you say four, do you mean four out of five or four out of four ten? out of five? Yeah, four out of five. Oh, four yeah. Okay, so uh, I would give you a three out of five. And you know, the one thing that I'll I'll admit is when you go onto YouTube, when you open your YouTube app, like the main thing you see right now is original content. You don't see anything else. 
you know, any more bubbling up. Anything that's pirated, even if it gets a lot of attention, just doesn't show up in the anything recommended. That being said, I still manage some libraries for clients, and I don't have enough to say that, okay, I've been looking at the last, you know, two years, 10 years, I don't have access <laughs> to certain libraries. And from, from that length, I manage my own. And it's been growing for the past little while. And that's because I've been getting more clients to, to help them with that. So it's tough to say that if it's gone down or, or up, I do, for me, it's going up because I'm, I'm getting more and more libraries that I access. And I do have, you know, some, I won't call them UGC, but like, you know, original show TV shows that are just being uploaded that aren't really um, original content. But at the same time, I'm catching piracy. So it's still happening. There's still, you know, there's always emerging markets. Obviously, North America is pretty saturated. But at the same time, like I still see tons of people. What I do see more is people jumping into the whole commentary side of things uh, and sort of understanding that if they're going to upload something and they want it to stay online, they're going to put some sort of commentary over it and, and claim uh, fair use. And uh, that's where they get around with that. They sort of learned that. And even, you know, most of it's complete BS. But yeah, there's, to me, it's it's still there. It's still happening. You know, anecdotally, like, it, it's so funny. Just, just in the last week, I was lo- looking at I got back on this website that I haven't touched in ages and I still realize it's still super relevant is live leak. And I'm like, Oh man, this site still is so old school, but it's still so relevant and still so many people use it as a reference for sharing viral and UGC content. And, um, I feel like those platforms will live on forever because people really, really like, you know, it's just the type of content that, that, people love to share and what about um the kind of uh scene with regards to article 13 which kind of was a massive scare story um late 2018 early 2019 and then earlier this year as well we had i think it was article 17 uh which was also being brought up have you heard much more around those kind of uh eu directives which may or may not be at the end of YouTube again, like, you know, you know, cause we know, we, we know that YouTube has died like once every month for the last <laughs> 10 years. Hashtag YouTube is over. Yeah. Um, honestly, it feels like it just tapered off for the time being, honestly, cause you just haven't heard about it. Uh, and to me, like, since we talked about it early on the year, it's sort of like, okay, nothing's happened. Nobody's, making us think about it. There's other things, other fires that people are dealing with. And um, it's still a huge risk. It's still, uh, you know, if it's still out there um, or it's just, you know, dead on the vine at this point, I don't know. You Have you heard anything about it? No, apparently there was a kind of copyright summit for big media publishers uh, around a month or two ago. Obviously, I was... Um, nfi to that mm-hmm. because i'm out of the kind of industry now but i think there are there are kind of quiet rumblings but the fact that we're not seeing this kind of large scale campaigning from the likes of youtube and big media publishers mean that it may be further off in the distance than um th- first thought so we'll keep an eye on that um 
in 2020 for sure. Let's go on to one of your predictions that you made this time last year, Carlos, and that was YouTube's continued deployment of tighter rules and clamping down and enforcing rules more closely. And this one definitely foreshadowing a lot of stuff going on. Government paying closer attention to the platform. I'm giving you six stars out of five for this one boom um, but you also get the most obvious prediction award as well for this one so. that's how i roll I've, I've <laughs> we obviously saw a lot of like you know obviously the uh fcc getting into it and just in the last couple of weeks the whole uh, you know clamping down on abuse and uh just basically cleaning things up because uh brands want clean content and you know, that's, that's something that, you know, has been a uh, staple for, for, uh, forever. <laughs> and, um, I've, I've, you know, I feel like a broken record all the time, but brands, you know, the, the YouTube has always been a second banana to precise, you know, niche websites. When I say niche website, like I mean, stuff like a CNN.com, right. Uh, I call it niche because it caters to a specific audience and it has a sort of like, uh, an isolated ecosystem for for content, and even though they're not perfect, we do end up story with stories where like my ad appeared next to crappy content. It's still much more controlled content than uh, than YouTube. That's that's what brands will pay higher CPMs for. And I think anybody that sticks around and figures out how to how to play within the, the sandbox will do well. Yeah, we also saw them clamp down in terms of deleting a lot of comments from kind of ch- children's content. Uh, and they also went and shut down a lot of accounts that were kind of doing very questionable comments on those kids' True. Uh, videos as well. So they really have been coming down with a ban hammer. Uh, and it's about time they took a little bit more responsibility instead of just kind of putting their hands up in the air and just saying, oh, we're just a platform. Yeah. And so my comment last year was that the FCC specifically would start to take more responsibility which they have done in a big way. They find YouTube 170 million and has kind of kicked off this whole uh, kids COPA, you know, at end of days, which is about to happen or has already happened. You know, if you listen to this in early <laughs> well, January. Actually, it'll, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I actually thought they would clump clamp down a little bit more on stuff like product placement and affiliate links, something that we spoke about with uh, Jesse in one of our previous episodes, link to that in the show notes. But yeah, they went even bigger. They went even bigger and said it's yeah. the, you know, it's the collecting of kids data, which is the real big, big, big fish here that they had to fry, which is absolutely correct. But one that I thought was probably too big for them to, to go after, but they did do so. Uh, again, we've got episodes dedicated just to that. So check out our podcast feed on the podcast app of your choice and you'll be able to find that. No problem. So I did, I did mention product placement and I do think this is going to be a big part of what the FCC are going to continue to look at, especially with regards to content now that is directed at kids. Uh, I believe that a lot of the big toy companies and big creators such as Ryan's Toy Review, uh, which is now very conveniently called Ryan's Family Review. Mm-hmm. Um, think about that, whatever you will. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of big lawsuits 
come in for those. I think there's already been one or two already publicly filed to take these kind of companies to task for basically advertising to kids in the stealth of just content marketing, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun, fun times ahead. Now, let's talk about your second prediction. Famebit, the influencer marketing platform, will be promoted and used more aggressively in 2019. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> that was the big... <laughs> yeah. And I basically... And I said, like, that. yeah, if that happens, it will be integrated a little bit more into Google Ads, which, you know, everything didn't happen. Yeah, so, no, Famebit is, still exists as far as I'm aware, but it's getting no love from the mothership, uh, from what I can tell. Um, My two cents is that it's going to join the Google graveyard in very short time. Where I'm seeing influencer marketing going is that, yeah, there's a lot of press about it, but I think the smart brands have sort of learned that it has to be taken care of a little closer. You have to build a, re- a good relationship with that influencer. And if all, all you do is hire an influencer to post a picture, you're going to get crappy value from uh, or post a quick video. Uh, you're going to get crappy value from that money. And there's been too much abuse. And I think in hindsight, when you look at it, it's like, yeah, Google doesn't like it when ads get bad press and creators have, you know, been running a little unregulated for uh, many, many years. And they still sort of like, you know, uh, skirt some questionable tactics that, you know, the FTC would not approve of. Yeah, my, my thinking behind the prediction was that they'd made this investment and you just think that they'd at least try and kind of give it a go before they you know send it to the big farm in the sky but um it seems that it just doesn't make sense from a business point of view google or a big data company famebit is like a small self-service platform which doesn't really scale a huge amount when you think about it so yeah in hindsight you question why they made that acquisition in in the first place really it's uh doesn't really make a lot of sense when you think about it Kind of like yeah. my prediction. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what was my second one? Your second prediction was kind of highly closely related to your th- your first one. Yeah, basically the tightening of what is considered to be kind of advertiser friendly and community friendly content. Yeah, I also mentioned that long form content would be the only one that matters, and that Hollywood would be coming for the platform. You know, I feel like, I guess my ecosystem, I'm still, you know, surrounded by Will Smith, Jack Black, The Rock as being sort of like the tentpole examples. Uh, I know there's more, you know, there's, there's um, a few uh, women out there and feel bad that I only see the men on, on my sort of things. But yeah, it feels like it's there. It's still happening and, and people are paying more and more attention to it. The second prediction is sort of like piggybacks on the first one where, you know, content is just becoming more TV friendly, right? I feel that there's definitely a tighter synergy now with the stars when it comes to their YouTube channels and the movies they're promoting they're making sure that when you know their videos are you know talking about their movies and showing behind the scenes and giving hints of what's what's to come and that's the to me from a marketer's perspective that's the golden ticket it's like that's perfect like somebody who has an ecosystem that they can create excitement for their product is perfect one of the comments that you had put is the expansion of youtube tv 
and official uploads, back catalogs, movies, and TV shows. I think that's sort of still happening behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. It gets less press. I think one of the things this year is that the price went up for YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's turned into much more of a, you know, almost like a cable package. It's not available where I am, so I don't have much experience. It hasn't expanded beyond much uh, from what I've seen, much the U.S. yet. No, but I think... I think it has now hit all 52 states, whereas probably last time we spoke, it hadn't, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it was like a sort of, it was sort of like a mess second, <laughs> second yeah. prediction. Yeah. So I'll, I'll cop to that one. Yeah. I'm going to push you for some more, uh, out on a limb predictions for uh-huh. next year, but for now, let's quickly go through the quick fire questions. Oh. I asked, will IGTV still be something? And, uh, Carlos said, no, everything will become stories. Kind of true. IGTV still exists as a feature, um, but nobody's using it. No one's creating for it. Uh, they've tried one last kind of Hail Mary by putting IGTV video previews into the feed, but mm-hmm. I'd say no, it's not really a thing, is it? Just like Facebook video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, will we be using YouTube stories? Carlos said yes. That's doubly incorrect, Carlos, because we never used YouTube stories. And, well, uh, when you say we, you talk about us? Well, I'm or, saying anyone. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I see it all the time. Really? I see it on my app all the time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe I don't. It's, maybe, look it's at the, them. maybe it's the different creators that we subscribe to and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't really hear it as a thing. I don't hear people at any of the kind of summits and no. places. Is I don't hear anyone talking about how to use stories effectively or why you need to be using stories. Uh, I have heard a bit more about the community tab, yep. which I thought would be dead by now, but apparently there's you know still some good gains to be had by using that. But um, I see I see stories as as a sort of an offshoot of the community tab, right? It's yeah. much more engaging, and it doesn't. One of the things I'm curious, and again, I'll be first to say, like I don't have experience with a channel that has stories. Because I think they're really being really careful as to who to give it to, mm. which I think is smart. I think YouTube has learned that, you know, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't give all these power features to everybody at the same time. And we should pick and choose and be a little bit more uh, diligent as to who's using it. And, um, yeah, it, 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 I see it. used. It's just people reposting their Instagram stories, reposting their Snapchat stories, all that sort of stuff. And which goes back to the other question after that, you said, will Snapchat still exist? And I said, no, that was my big, my big fail because Snapchat's actually in a way I've been hearing comments of them sort of coming back and, you know, people still, you know, going back to the platform and the platform still to this day is where creativity exists. I mean, uh, I would say TikTok has sort of like taken over the, the stories ecosystem and you know creativity as well but it's still the place where uh, i love to to sort of like experiment with their face uh, mapping system because it's still by far better than anything i've ever seen so and for the rest of the world carlos means filters filters yes (laughs) for you young people Yes. He's talking about Old man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then last one, who will topple YouTube? You said maybe Facebook. No, no one's really, no one's take, took a shot at a crown yet, I don't think. Yeah. And uh, you can even say, uh, we'll talk about predictions. I'd, I'd say, yeah, I'd say if anything, TikTok has probably got a closer than Facebook, but yeah, let's, let's say that predictions have got a feeling there's going to be some TikTok happenings going on in there. We're talking about our, with what happened last year in our predictions, we've 
mentioned a number of things, tightening of rules and regulations. I don't really want to go through each month and say like what happened this year. But is there anything that we haven't touched on, Carlos, that you think uh, does deserve a mention before we go on to our predictions for next year? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think that the COPPA stuff and the reinforcement of harassment, you know, policy change over the last couple of weeks is important. It, well, I mean, it's obviously important, but it, it's, it's, it's that whole thing where these rules have always been there. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just that YouTube always sort of like played a blind eye. They've made things a lot more clearer. They're going to start, you know, uh, enforcing them a lot more. And that's to me that the main lesson of the year is YouTube finally saying, okay, regular regulators are finally understanding what we're doing here. And we need to play bad cop a little bit more than we used to play good cop. So that's to me, the main story of the year. It's everybody, you know, you know, uh, raising it up to, to YouTube to say like, Hey, you know, it's not fair that you're, you know, letting certain people get away with certain things and, and then other people get away with other things. And, and then when, when the FTC got involved, they're like, Oh yeah, you're right. We sort of have to pay attention to these things because we kind of have to, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think that's the main theme of the year that I, you know, yeah, uh, I definitely think it's kind of the year that YouTube kind of got the the beat down or the wrist slap whatever you want to call it and you know got a wake-up call that's kind of been coming i think probably next year will be the year when they really have to act not just say sorry but actually act grown up and uh clean house so speaking of next year let's go on to our predictions for next year i haven't shared mine in advance carlos because i want to keep you on your toes and make sure you Thanks. don't try and steal what mine. Happens, what happens if we overlap? Well, that's good. That means we're thinking on the same the same <laughs> wavelength. So because I'm talking now, I'm going to go first <laughs> for no other reason that I've already got the, the platform. So I'm going to go with a home run here. Uh-huh. I've written these down on paper so Carlos can't spy on them. And I've Jeez. realized that the, the name of this one is really inappropriate. The death of kids, <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's a horrible way to, to phrase it. But basically I'm saying that the COPA FTC enforced wholesale changes coming to YouTube in January is pretty much going to wipe out the kids industry, especially for independent creators post January. I think with people's revenues falling off a cliff and January is usually bad enough for most creators, let alone with the changes that are coming to the monetization of kids content. I just think that wholesale people are just going to give up. I think they're just going to be so disheartened that most independent creators, bedroom creators, are just going to give up. I think TV companies that have catalogs of kids stuff will continue to publish, probably at a slowed down rate. Mm-hmm. They'll try to weather the storm, take whatever money they can get, maybe try and kind of ride the wave because there'll be less competition. Um, and so they might not see as big a drops as other people. And then hopefully then by the time monetization is quote unquote fixed, they will then 
be in a position where because they've been the only ones that have been uploading regularly, they can kind of swoop in and take any money that's kind of new to, to available to kids kind of inventory. And I think they're going to generally loosen their ad restrictions or slower to demonetize videos or at least push more advertising to edgy content because they need to make up a huge advertising shortfall from kids. Uh, and they're likely going to make that from kind of more edgier, uh, mature content across the platform. So that's my big giant number one prediction. Okay. Well, my two cents when it comes to that is, yeah, bedroom creators, which sounds awkward when you talk about kids content, but uh, <laughs> that's going to be like uh, disappear. And the only ones that are going to survive are major networks um, that have other revenue sources. And from a monetization perspective, there's going to be a huge adjustment. The thing is, it's still a huge audience. It's There's a reason why there are huge kids networks out there is because there's still demand for it. And YouTube is just going to find a way to, to, to just target contextually. And that's, you know, it's going to be old school targeting. It's going to be much more isolated. Again, it brings back that whole theme of like, creating a box that's controlled that the brand feels safe and when a brand feels safe it will pay to be in front of those eyeballs so the only people who who can be vetted through the system are going to be big networks people who have been doing it for a long time people who are big tv networks that have like established brands and what will this limit is the ability to create new brands in the ecosystem because there's no way to find to discover yourself, right? There's no recommendation engine. There's not going to be there's going to be a less powerful recommendation engine for kids' content, and you're not going to be like watching one video and then being recommended a video from a new creator. That's going to be very limited. So the only people that are going to live off this are people who've established a brand beyond YouTube where people are going to be searching for it and know the name. So that's going to be very interesting to see. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one for 2020. I've realized actually that was my first two because the edgy content one was actually my second. Boom. You just ruined it for everybody. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so that's two in one there, Carlos. So fire away for your first prediction, please. My prediction, and I tend to be a little less controversial, is there's a chart that came out a couple weeks ago on Reddit that showed the difference between 2010 to 2019 in terms of percentage of top 100 channels that were from YouTubers versus non-YouTubers and non-YouTubers being, you know, big media companies or TV stars or music stars. And pretty drastically in 2010, 80% of the top 100 channels were from YouTubers. And in 2019, it dropped down to 28%. I expect that to drop below 20% in 2020. Just looking at the top 10, we're looking at, you know, it used to be uh, nine out of 10 were YouTubers in 2010, 2010. And 2019, there's two out of 10. So that's already 20% as opposed to 28%. So as we're talking right now, the big news that dropped is PewDiePie taking a break biggest creator out there the biggest independent creator out there is taking a break from his platform and i don't blame him i mean he's been doing this for so long and the guy's you know richard and god at this point for for the size of company he is like he's good i always you know this is me 
on a tangent here is like if I was making his the type of money that he's been making for the past, you know, five to six years, I'd be like, peace out. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sitting like, on a beach in Thailand or something like exactly, that. Exactly, right? And, uh, you know, obviously if he loves it and he wants to keep doing it, that's fine. But I'm just, you know, putting myself in his shoes. But yeah, like I think that the, the, the demise of the, of the YouTuber is going to ex- accelerate. Accelerate. That's the word that I was trying to find. And, and they're going to other platforms. They're, they're, you know, like back to the whole TikTok thing. It's like, where is creativity living these days? It's, it's these TikToks, you know, people experimenting on, on other platforms where they can grow. And YouTube is, is doing everything it can to promote established channels. I keep looking at one of the NBCs or American TV networks and I'm looking at the videos they're releasing on a, almost daily basis or every couple of days, I'm like, they're exactly like YouTuber videos. They've mimicked the format and Mm -hmm. they, you know, they're just going to take, take that over. The problem here is that what I've seen, you know, with the internet is that often when, when that happens is like the creators find another place, another outlet because, you know, mainstream has taken over. So I definitely think, and it's a little bit of a cop out because I feel like it's, it's more of a, a sort of continuation of last year, but it's it's kind of sad, you know. The the reason why I'm on this platform, the reason why I love this platform, is the creativity coming from from creators, the ones who are you know making things different. When networks come in, all they do is they copy a format and then they rinse and repeat, and they don't innovate. They yeah, usually just yeah. keep it going until it dies. They kill it usually. They kill the format, right? Yeah, they bleed it dry. Yeah, they bleed it dry, and that's what they're doing. I mean, you know, when you're seeing mainstream platforms, you know, making ASMR commercials, I'm like, oh crap, you know, like that's 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 where things are getting uh, starting to get a little bit ridiculous. So that's one of my predictions is sort of the demise of the of the top 100 it's going to be you know it's going to be tv networks it's going to be tv stars it's going to be music artists obviously music channels and all that sort of stuff it's all it's all there already it's not an extreme prediction but you know it's sort of one that makes me sad yeah i would definitely agree on a couple of points one that this is definitely going to continue to happen two this was a total cop-out Far too easy of a prediction, Carlos. Shame on you. Absolute shame on you for such an easy prediction. You're going to get five stars on that one next year. Oh, for sure. all right, um, all right. So I'm going to give my third prediction. Oh, you have a third one. What yeah, because hell? my first two are in 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 one, uh, and then you're gonna I'm going to come to you, and you're going to have to go out on a limb for one of them, Carlos. So uh, my right. next one is really straightforward, uh, very quick, and I think that. Uh, Instagram video will be directly monetizable with ads, just like Facebook is with uh, mid-roll ads. I think Instagram video will introduce some kind of pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll, some kind of ad format where publishers, again, it's probably going to be more like traditional publishers, maybe some creators that are more like viney tiktoky type people uh monetizing videos directly on the platform with some kind of ad product i'm not exactly sure what that will look like um, but my guess is that is going to come in 2020 youtube video is already sort of monetized and it's all connected so yeah it's it's i feel like that's not exactly like a crazy prediction out there you know but my prediction is that tiktok might fizzle Ooh. You know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go on a limb here. Unless they come out with some sort of like, you know, monetizable ecosystem. And I think they already have like a platform and I, I'm probably going to eat my words, 
But at the end of the day, like, here's the thing, like, platforms use low hanging fruit content to build scale. Mm-hmm. But then they get that scale and they have a, such a hard time monetizing it to make it like sustainable. And right now we're at that point of TikTok where like, yeah, anybody can create a TikTok, blah, 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 blah. But they can really anybody monetize it? Can they monetize it? Do brands feel like they should be on it? Yeah, there's always, you know, oh, X brand is on this platform testing things out. And it's always that way. But one of the things that nobody talks about is like, who's the audience on TikTok? Mm -hmm. 12 year olds. All right. Well, you know, what platform is getting their wrists slapped these days because of that? And I feel like the FCC, they're waking up and they're already paying attention to to TikTok. And I think there was like a really quick turnaround. There was a fine recently a couple of weeks ago where, you know, they were going after him. Then within a day it was settled, but still that, that that's where the audience is. There might be some big brands like, you know, the CPGs or, you know, you think of like the Coca-Cola's of this world and all that sort of stuff. But those brands, they come and go and they, you know, they just create these campaigns and they use them as PR tactics. TikTok's just going to have to evolve and figure it, figure it out. The way I sort of see it evolving is they're going to try to get into, a you know, more mature, more viable content. Uh, longer form content, figure out ways to get people to stick around and get adults on the platform because there are no adults on the platform. So, and yes, there are some experiments and I've seen some pretty interesting channels. There's like a hospital staff one where like literally it's a hospital in Germany, I think. That was fascinating. I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Again, that's where all the creativity is. But at the same time, like where's the money? Like where, who's going to be sustainable on that platform? So, I don't want to say demise, but there's going to be like a big change on that platform. It cannot be sustainable in this current format. Yeah, I think I'm going to give you that one. I think you are going a bit out on a limb there because the trend is that everyone's talking about TikTok. It's growing, it's blowing up, blah, blah, blah. But I think you're right. I think there's a kind of uh, another side to that story in that, at least in the UK, I don't know about you about where you are in the world but uh i know it was like the fastest growing app last year than like the most installed app mm-hmm. their ad spend in the uk at least was absolutely unholy how much they were spending on ads for installs facebook ads every kind yes. of ad youtube ads uh it was just huge so i don't think that was all organic growth not even close and so i don't think that's a sustainable level of growth nor do i think it's a true representation of the kind of uh hunger for the platform and yeah. uh also i think the kind of uh I don't know whether it's unfortunate or not, but something to note is that I've already heard some grumblings, at least in the US, that because of its Chinese ownership, uh, Mm -hmm. there could be some uh, regulation issues there. The uh, current administration uh, are not too happy about a Chinese company collecting data on all of those uh, US citizens. So I think that might. Yeah, I think I heard something about them uh, establishing themselves as a US company as well or moving things around so that it gets less worrisome for regulators. But that's all weird. And, um, you know, we saw a couple of weeks ago, actually, you know, there's a, a, a TikToker that got banned, their account got you know, suspended because they made some political comment. Yeah. And then um, I actually have a friend of mine who's 
their kid is one of the biggest TikTokers in the world. Her account got limited, her live TikTok or something for the most randomest thing. And I don't remember top of my mind, top of head. And again, it's, it's falling, falling back into that, you know, hmm, who's pulling the strings and what they want and all that sort of stuff. And when, when, you know, when you start blocking content for, your political views, that gets a little bit interesting. Yeah. Especially when the adults start paying attention to this stuff. And then, you know, uh, it's going to be a fun year for TikTok. And another sort of additional note, I have a friend who worked there for the past couple of years and she told me ex that, you know, the word chaos is, is basically it yeah. in that company in terms of like getting, you know, spending a lot of money to get people to install that app. Right. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And that's not stuff that YouTube did right back in the day. Right. It didn't need to pay that much money yeah. or obviously they promoted the platform, but you know, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, TikTok, it's going to be a rock and roll year for TikTok. They're going to have to figure things out. Nice one. Well, okay, which major video platform or social platform is going to be acquired this year? You don't even have to say who by, but anyone going to get snapped up this year? What what platform is there that's independent? You know, there's not money out there that are still independent. I think there's still an opportunity for somebody to snap up Snap. Snap. Twitter, TikTok is still independently owned, right? I know it's no, different, well, no, it's, own, it's different owned, ownership, but it yeah, it's owned by ByteDance. I mean, it's a pretty big company, so okay. there's no way. I think if somebody buys a, a, a an app, it'll probably be Google of this world buying an app like Thriller, right? Um, and if you don't know what Thriller is, no, it's no essentially idea. it's essentially a TikTok clone, but based in the US, right? So. I think if there's apps that are going to be acquired, it's going to be these clone apps that, you know, try to build off the the idea of like what TikTok is doing and then building it in the States. Any chance that um, someone's going to get hold of Twitter this year? Nah, I think Twitter, Twitter is going to be a rocking and, ro- rock and rolling. What's interesting about Twitter is that, you know, video is doing really well on, uh, on it. And it, you see a ridiculous amount of like, uh, every day I go on it and it's the platform that I still love. <laughs> Funny enough, like that on YouTube, like I love going on Twitter and checking out what's happening, what people are talking about. I often see, you know, in the last couple of months, I've seen they've j- rejiggered the system where if you upload a video and it goes viral and you, somebody tries to reshare it, you still keep credit of it. And I've noticed that a lot. And the the ability to re-upload, and I hate it when people do this, like they just re-upload the video and they try to jump onto virality. And, yeah, freebooting is just rough. And freebooting somebody else's uh, video, that gets really annoying. But I feel like you, Twitter's done a couple of things to sort of like make that harder. And you're right, Twitter feels like, I think Twitter's too much of a hot potato. <laughs> it, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like it's literally the the a specific country's uh, president's platform <laughs> these days. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like yeah, not a lot of people sort of want to get into that type of ecosystem. Now, Twitter's sort of this weird animal in that space. Okay, uh, we've kind of both agreed that the kids niche on youtube is about to fall if it hasn't fallen already mm-hmm. what is the next niche on youtube to fall <sighs> to fall or you know to be to be wholesale kind of demonetized honestly that's a really tough question to answer um that's you why know, i asked I- it and i know what i'm gonna twist around it i'm gonna say the the thing that i want to sort of like really pay attention to is what's going to happen with uh mature content you know the platforms announced that they want to 
figure out a way to have people be less demonetized and maybe putting them in a, a different category so that you know, hey, there is there are brands out there that want to address uh, mature people and do not want kids watching the the content. So there's going to be something out there to, to to address those people. And I think we're basically there when it comes to what can be demonetized or not. Like any any sort of abuse nowadays is demonetized. So um, the the days of the you know the rent. A YouTuber who criticizes and makes fun of other creators of people. You look at like, is it Keemstar? Yeah. Kind of YouTube drama channels. Yeah. The YouTube drama channels. Okay. You know, like as, as I think about it, the YouTube drama channels, right? They're the ones that, that are going to be uh, a, a little bit killed off off of the, the latest um, harassment policy uh, enforcement. Yeah. It's, it's play nice or uh, you know, you're, you're off the platform. So, or you de- you're demonetized. So yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, that's, that's the one for me. Cool. And then final quick, Quick fire question, which YouTube feature will be put out to pasture in 2020? Oh, that's something that I wanted to... Oh, oh I just realized be- this is so easy. I just realized <laughs> this is so easy. So I'm going to... It's so easy. I'm going to change the... Pla- I'm going to change the question before you realize it. Which YouTube feature, apart from the classic YouTube creator studio, will be sunsetted in 2020? Well, the thing is, it's like, it's part of the... Um, Part of the studio, like one of the things that I find really frustrating about the studio is how much it's dumbed down the, 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 the data and sort of hides the data and the ability to work with the data. To me, it's the ability to export your data and, and play with it and work with it. And that's scary. To me, when a platform starts closing things down, that means that YouTube is going to find a way to sort of like, you know, that they're, they're limiting people's access to the API, probably raising prices on that side of things. Uh, I'm outside of that ecosystem, but, you know, we work with people that, you know, tap that and they keep saying like, oh, yeah, YouTube's, you know, limiting my thing and how many pings I can pull and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, ooh, that's, that's, that's not fun. That means that they're closing things up and they're, what it feels is that, there's too many people that know their shit. <laughs> Pardon my French. When it comes to like the YouTube, how to, how to create content, how to build momentum on YouTube. And YouTube doesn't like that. They want people to pay for views. They want, you know, they want, you know, spend uh, money. And um, uh, anecdotally, I was looking at, a, um, there's this great uh, newsletter that I follow that's Insight Analytics. And they're talking about how Facebook's social reach and or organic reach is essentially done. There's just no way for anybody to build anything organically off Facebook as of 2019. We all knew that was there, but it was, there was, they kept these breadcrumbs sort of going, but now it's done. Mm -hmm. And I think YouTube looks at that and it's like, how can we help, you know, our platform be that way as well. And, um, you know, but at the same time, give enough breadcrumbs so that people create content on it. And that's going to be always a juggling factor on the platform. And yeah, I think that that's the, the, the things that we sort of have to pay attention. You have to keep, keep up to date on what all the SEOs are talking about. There was a big discussions this year about how the, the amount of people who click on organic uh, or discovery from organic is dropping versus pay. So 
that's YouTube finding ways to sort of close things down and make it so that it's less about organic. It's more about paid. So, and that's scary times, uh, makes me want, you know, another search engine to sort of pop up. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I want competition out there because Google has not had enough competition in this space. So I am myself experimenting with other search engines to, to make sure that, you know, just, just to see what's happening and you know duck duck go is a is a is a, is a search engine that just keeps growing every year it's been growing non-stop yeah i think i've gotten into a rant there but yeah no that was a great it's a great answer and not one that i was expecting but yeah really great point about youtube basically shutting down access to their api and data uh, i'm i'm recently filmed a course and uh, on how to do some stuff in analytics and i had to show how to do all of it in the classic studio because none of the reporting was available yet in the new studio. So I was hoping, well, I am still hoping that that's just, they haven't hit that button yet and that stuff will turn on once it gets switched on and switched off. But yeah, it'd be a scary thought if we couldn't easily export our own, even just our own data. Um, so that's to the end of my quick fire questions. We look forward to seeing whether any of these predictions come true next year. If you've got any predictions, please let us know on the socials at video insiders or hello at video insiders FM. I've got one more question, but I don't want you to answer it just yet because I'm going to put you on the spot and say that I want us to, to make an entire episode about this uh, early on in the year. And that is to let us know what is happening with you and your own YouTube related businesses. What are your plans, fears and frustrations um, for next year? Where do you see your business going? What your focus is going to be? And I'll do the same and we'll kind of take you behind the veil of how we are running our businesses and a little bit more about what we're doing behind the scenes. Uh, And I think we're going to bake that a lot more into the podcast in the coming year. Oh, good. Good. Good one there, Tom. Stop, you know, with these surprises on me. I've got to keep you on your toes. I've got to keep you on your toes, Carlos. You're getting too comfortable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so before we go, please, again, get in touch. Uh, leave a rating and review on the podcast app that you are using. Tell a friend in the industry uh, who would benefit from listening to the video inside his podcast. Because if you want us to be here in 2021, we need your support. And speaking of support, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Uh, if you want the ultimate tool to grow your YouTube channels, it's the tool that I recommend to all my clients. Please visit videoinsiders.fm slash TubeBuddy, where you can sign up at a very special price for bo- for a single channel or multiple channels. A big thank you for TubeBuddy for sponsoring us this year and uh, helping us get this podcast produced done and out on the feeds so thank you to everyone we hope you had a great new year period we're wishing you lots of good luck plenty of views and revenue on youtube and beyond in 2020 so thank you and much love from me carlos and editor joe as well he yeah. doesn't have a voice but no the show wouldn't be 
as amazing as it was without editor Joe. So thank you, Joe, as well. Joe's voice is in the uh, transitions and uh, and, uh, and the music of the show. And so. the subliminal messages that he's leaving <laughs> for, yeah, exactly. for all of you. <laughs> so before Joe edits anything of any value out of my points of view, uh, thanks, guys, and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Have a great 2020.